What's going on, beautiful people? Welcome back to another episode of Respect the Game Podcast. My name is Edward, named after a trilogy that being my pops. Shout out to my mother and my grandmother for helping raise me too. Please make sure you go follow at Emacs Stats for all your up to all your up-to-date high school pro and collegiate sports coverage. We'll not disappoint. We'll keep you up to date on all that is going on in the beautiful, illustrious uh sports world. Um, not at full strength. Our brother Sean Hart is uh won't be with us tonight. Nonetheless, still make sure you go follow him at Shine Hard Izzo. Uh, but we're running the three on three, and uh, I guess you can call it the big three. My brothers, I talk to the people. Yo, it is the one and only, the host with the most that blows the most smoke, Black Feast, the rap plug, the hip hop plug. You already know. Be sure to go check out Talking Smoke on Spotify, after podcast, anywhere you get to go podcast from. That's where you can check out Talking Smoke. Let's go, baby. Good afternoon, beautiful people. It is I, Sedacious Miles. And on behalf of me and my brothers, I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in. Sean Hart is not here, but on behalf of Big Brother Iron Man, Emacs Tax, and Black Peace, we just want to say thank you so much for rocking with us. 2023 is going to be great for you. It's going to be great for us. We're going to keep it going. We got three more episodes until we get to Big Hun Done. Take it away, bro. True indeed, man. Yeah, uh, this episode 97, we three away from uh, the big, uh, big one double O. Um, gonna make sure we try to uh, make sure that we make that a special episode, man. But now, uh, before we get into what we do or don't respect that we seen uh, across our in our own personal worlds this week, uh, we are doing this podcast immediately after. The Atlanta Boston Game Five uh, matchup. Trey Young just returned back to rare form, letting people know it's getting pretty cold as he hits a game-winning shot over Jalen Brown to uh, bring the bring the series back to a Game Six in Atlanta. Mind you, this was a closeout game. The Celtics get to play on their home court, being up three-one against the Atlanta Hawks, and they fumbled the bag, allowing uh, Trey Young to come in, put on an absolute performance, almost one could say similar to that performance he had a few years back um, in New York. In that game, Trey Young had... 38 points, 13 assists with four rebounds, going five or 13 from the three-point line. Absolute masterpiece. <laughs> he put on an absolute masterpiece performance. 38 points to drop on the road, including that not just being it, but to also have a 13 assist to get your uh, teammates involved. And mind you, DeJounte Murray, um, Trey Young's running mate, uh, the Atlanta Hawks' uh, second option, second scoring option was suspended because he bumped the referee after a game four in frustration. So just all the more respect to Trey Young and the Atlanta Hawks being able to go on the road against a team that's um, a considerable favorite amongst some to come out of the East, of uh, them actually being the uh, Eastern Conference champions, right? Now the series is 3-2. The Atlanta Hawks get to go back home and force a game seven. Um, I don't feel strongly in saying that the 
Celtics are not going to – that the Celtics are, aren't going to win a game six. I think they can win a game six on the road. Um, But, I mean, it's the playoffs. It's the playoffs, and that's why we love it. Um, Yeah. What are y'all instant reactions from this uh, Boston Celtics Atlanta Hawks game uh, five matchup? Well, like I said before, I had already felt like DeJounte Murray would kind of get in Trey Young's way. But he's good. He's a great player. It's just I just feel like Trey Young was good just being leader and being a go-to guy. And it's like it kind of gave the vibes of a you didn't trust me kind of feel. And so, but, you know, to each his own, you know what I'm saying? But still, I've always known that Trey's been a dog. We've always known since college. But so, yeah, it's just like kind of ironic that that he go off when he got when it's just all on him, right? So that's just that's just how it is. So I don't ever, I don't ever like like how Darnell last week was like, hey, yo, kids, we need championships now. It's kind of hard for me to feel that way for Trey because like you didn't kind of really never trust him for real, and that's just kind of my take on it. That's just kind of like where I was kind of going to be a Trey Young fan because it kind of felt like he was doing a Steph Curry trajectory. But then now it was kind of like, ah. And it's not the same because they drafted Clay. Y'all traded for DeJounte. So that's just my mind just goes out of the box on that. And that's just me on that. So I uh I think I I well not I think I disagree with you from the perspective that DeJounte Murray was brought on in terms of the lack of trust the organization had in him. I more so look at it as every superstar needs a running mate. Um, so I so I, I say that to say, like, you never viewed it in terms of DeJounte being added help to be alongside Trey. You've always viewed it as, like, this is disrupting what Trey has to offer. Simply because they have the same skill set. You know what I'm saying? Like, LeBron works well with Dwayne Wade because he's a slasher. LeBron James can be everything else. And when Dwayne Wade is sitting down, he becomes a slasher, right? I feel like in a way, it's like you trying to have both of them on the court at the same time starting. And it's like, uh, I, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? But then how do you bring DeJounte Murray off the bench, right? So that that's that conversation. <laughs> so that's what's just like, okay, well, yeah, I, was I, know that that, I know that that shit won't work out. That was just a, a, a good little try, a good little stab at something. We know it won't work out, but keep trying, Atlanta. And hopefully, Trey Young still wants to be around while y'all still trying. Yeah, DeJounte Murray is the only other player on that team that's been an all star before outside of Trey Young. Um, right. I mean, but yeah. also, too, also, too, right. Uh, remember that this is also an organization who fired Nate McMillan and then brought in Rick Snyder. So it's just like they're under like a whole new regime that they're trying to learn on the fly in the middle of the season and the heart of the playoffs without a full training camp to be like, hey, y'all, hey, this is our system, Trey, DeJounte, y'all work out y'all chemistry throughout training camp through the new system, so on and so forth. Um uh, 
being under like a brand new head coach midway through the season. So I think that plays a part in it. I mean, but I, I wouldn't, I don't personally think DeJounte is in Trey Wade. I think Trey's still been able to get his numbers with DeJounte this season, averaging 25 and 11 assists. Um, and prior to tonight, uh, when he had 38, like he was starting to get in rare form with a 32 and then 35, those games being with DeJounte on the court. So, but yeah, I mean, to each his own, to each his own. Well, yeah, no, I will yeah. say it's kind of coming together in the at the tail end of the season within the playoffs, but we'll see if they survive it. Go ahead, Black Peace. I'm sorry. I mean, I feel like this was just a reality check for um, Trey Young. I feel like he always kind of had it. It's just more like I feel like he was more in his mind about it because he proved it that little nice little run when he uh, they lost to the Bucks. And I feel like ever since then he had that target on his back. Like, all right, you're somebody to worry about. You know, I always like to dangle over his head. You beat New York. Like, whoop de doo, you beat New York. That was your big highlight. And ever since then, it's kind of been like you kind of low-key coached it to it to a certain extent because you played the 76ers with a uh, succubus such as Ben Simmons. So I just always kind of looked at, like, Trey, like, you good, but you did good enough to, like, put a target on your back. So the next year when he had a target on his back, he got embarrassed. It's like, oh, snap, like, people are guarding me. People are setting up schemes for me. People are taking me seriously. They're not just saying, oh, here go this fake-ass uh, Steph Curry. It's like, no, here come this second coming of Steph Curry. So last year he got he fell on his face. This year I felt like, you know, I'm not really believing in him. It is I say the last couple of games, he really just been showing like, no, I still got some, so I still got it. I understand that I am a superstar. I am gonna have attention. They already gonna try out schemes and I gotta find a way to be better. I gotta find a way to be more confident. And not cocky, but actually confident. So when I go up there and I take that go ahead three to get my team to lead in a clutch game where everybody's putting their, their dependence on me, I can make it. So, like I said, I just feel like, you know, this uh, last couple of seasons was a reality check for uh, Trey Young. I was doubting him a lot, but this it's this last couple of games, man, he's uh, been showing he's about that life. I'm proud of him, straight up. Very proud of him. And I do this to a lot of players. I'm like, I'm very big on that. Like, I'm not into, like, your, what you've done before. I'm all about, like, dude, if you're not showing productivity right now, why are we talking about you? And there goes productivity. You like you carry the team, thirty-eight points. You know, what'd you say, Edward? In the mix, over ten assists. A wise man changes his mind. Facts. Absolutely. I'm just gotta be convinced, baby. That's all I ever ask. Just convince me. You put on a show to convince me. I will. I will respectfully accept what you put on the table. But uh, yeah. All right, man. Uh, Dacious, I give it to you, bro. Uh, to kick us off, when did you respect or not respect this week? Uh, can y'all hear me? All right. So, uh, Jimmy buckets was definitely getting buckets, brother. I'm okay. sorry. Big five six. Okay. I'm sorry. Uh, being from Houston. I got to shout that out. I got to highlight that, especially on the platform that I have. And that's just how it go for me. And on a halfway Giannis, you know what I'm saying? And to just be like, this is my city. I got to respect that. And that's just, as soon as I saw it, 
soon as I watched the game through and through, I was like, yeah, no, nah, I can't wait because this is what I respect. No questions, right? All right, we can move on, right? Because Jimmy Buck is getting buckets as it's time to go. I'm kind of feeling like Miami is Giannis's kryptonite, in a sense. Not so much so, but in a sense. But, you know what I'm saying? They they the one team in the East, in the East that's not scared of no Giannis and none of that. So, we're going to see. And I know I call I call the Bucks taking it. I call the Bucks taking it. But I didn't expect this Giannis stuff. So, so I'm sure don't worry about that, right? Uh, this isn't, like, personally my uh, – Disrespect. Be but, careful because you got the Miami Heat. I was about to say that as you wear a Miami Heat. <laughs> right, right. This isn't, no, uh, no, it, it actually has nothing to do with the Miami. Well, I mean, it's about to get the series, but um, it, it wasn't my initial like disrespect or respect. Um, it's just something that I I, I personally uh, feel to be true. So the. Milwaukee Bucks now found themselves in a situation where they're down 3-1. I am of the belief that if this were the finals, conference finals, Giannis would have played in games two and three. I am of the belief that the Milwaukee Bucks didn't respect the Heat and or Jimmy Butler enough to be like, no, Giannis, we need to make sure you play so we can be as equal and have our superstar up against Jimmy Butler. And so I think what ended up happening is Giannis goes down game one, and because, you know, they're the one seed, they, the Heat had to get to go through the play-in or the eighth seed. The discussion, I feel like the discussion was, all right, we got thrown off because we couldn't properly prepare for Giannis being out, so they got game one, right? Giannis, you sit out because we should be able to beat them without you for game two, right? And what happens? It ends up being a blowout. So now you're tied 1-1. That, that tie in that series 1-1 in game two, to a degree, gives you fool's gold going into game three, right? Because you think, oh, we beat them game two, so we should, like, we know we can beat y'all without Giannis because we just did it. And I feel like winning game two without Giannis prompted the Bucks organization to be like, don't rush back, Giannis. Take your break. Like, we'll, like, we'll milk this and let you get your rest because we know we're going to need you long-term in the playoffs. So don't forget about it. Like, just sit out game three as well. What happens? You're on the road, the Heat do what the Heat do at home, right? So now the Bucks are in a situation where they're down 2-1. It's just like, why can we not beat them consistently without Giannis when we clearly have the far, a far superior team? But where the, the balance scale gets tilted is because they have their superstar, they have their go-to guy playing at Jimmy Butler versus um, the Milwaukee Bucks, where we, if we don't have Giannis in terms of like who's going to take the shots, so on and so forth, we're in disarray and like, yo, who's going to lead us to the promised land? Considering uh, 
your boy Dacious Middleton, he hasn't got a full healthy year under his belt. Yes, Drew could try to carry the toll. However, he has to still facilitate and do other things and play defense and so on and so forth, right? And so then you lose game three. Now you're down 2-1. And it's like, all right, Giannis, immediately, come on, come now. And it's a little too little too late not just I don't say that in the sense that the series is over but now you're asking Giannis to come back for game four when he he's rusty to a degree like he's rusty in terms of like playoff basketball that atmosphere that energy you're on the road you just hurt yourself so you uh so you may be trying to like get your rhythm back because like Giannis only had like 26 some points last night me personally, I feel like if he was going to play, he wasn't going to be limited and his minutes wasn't limited. Um, but, like, you put yourself now in a position to where it's like you try to test the waters a little bit too much. You got a little bit too overconfident and not using Giannis. When, like I say, if this is a conference finals or a finals, I believe Giannis wasn't going to take game two and three off. Um, and now you find yourself, you know, just you know being a little bit too overconfident and granted all this could be like irrelevant and thrown out the window if like Giannis truly indeed was dealing with like a nagging injury but considering how the brute force in which Giannis displays on the court and like when he had the hyperextended knee a while back and he came back within like a week's time and it seemed like he didn't miss a beat it's just like I feel like you could have played if you truly in your heart of hearts wanted to Giannis. Um, and not playing him, I feel like uh, games two and game three has uh, significantly came back to bite the books uh, and put them in a position they didn't foresee themselves in. And now, and we could all agree that the Heat are playing with house money. And you're not, you have to, you have to get home court back. Like, it's not enough for you to just clearly, obviously, just win and go back home. And now you're down three, two, like, you have to go back through Miami and that place. I don't know, bro. And, and like, and let's, and like, let's look at the X's and O's of it too. Yes. Giannis had a triple double, but the Miami, he were able to win that game. Granted. Yes. With Jimmy Butler's 53, 56 points, but they were also able to win that game from a defensive end and say, anybody, but you Giannis is going to beat us. Yeah. You had your triple double, but you having 26, 10 and 10, we'll live with that versus you having 40, 12 and eight, you know what I'm saying? Um, and so you kind of just seen like the wall being formed when Giannis was trying to get in the paint and break them down with like, you got Caleb Martin and um, the rest of those guys sitting up there, Jimmy Butler building a wall, um, bam at a bayou. And to Giannis's credit, he was diamond Brooke Lopez up over the top, over the top. But I'm pretty sure the Heat were saying, we're going to live with that. We're going to live with him being a facilitator versus coming to take our head off for of 45, 50 points. Um, so yeah, so I don't, I don't, I don't respect the Bucks organization and like them up to my to my honest belief, them kind of just like not respecting the heat enough to be like, no, Giannis, if you're healthy, whether you're not, like you need to play. <laughs> we need you to play. But yeah, sorry for being long-winded on that. Yeah, it was definitely a gamble. It was definitely a gamble for sure, but look for Giannis to play his heart out these next one or two games before they get eliminated, possibly. If they get eliminated. 
because I thought to myself that there may be someone in the first round to come back from 3-1. It could be possibly somebody to do it. And if this be the series, then I call back too. So look for Giannis to, to be, try to be a dog. Try to be something you ain't never seen. On you, Blake Peace, what did you respect or not respect this week, bro? I guess all eyes are in uh, Miami right now, man. Uh, I'm definitely going to say Jimmy. I'm not, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say playoff Jimmy is what I respect. Uh, I respect the idea of playoff Jimmy uh, Butler. All for the simple fact of I feel like a lot of people have been trying to criticize different players for how to strategize for the playoffs. Some players do low management. Some players do low averages. Some players, you know, they go ballistic throughout the whole season and, you know, they try to, you know, be intimidated. I like the fact that Jimmy Butler throughout his whole career has not really had outstanding seasons. Rather, he has outstanding postseasons. You know, uh, you know, granted that he doesn't necessarily win the championship or always get to the Eastern Conference Championship, but it's always a great performance is knowing like how he strategically does it. Like, it, some, I, I'm at a point where I feel like he does this on purpose to where, like, just like you said, the Bucks felt like, oh, they're nothing. You know, Jimmy Butler's been quiet all season. What we got to worry about? You know, you know, you know, even at the beginning of the whole uh, playoffs, Jimmy Butler said, like, playoff Jimmy, what is that? That stuff doesn't exist. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. It's like he tried to make it to where it didn't even, didn't even exist because he knows, like, playoff so is game planning. Huh? So y'all gonna see Giannis? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think we saw. Okay, okay. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's one of those things. It's things where it's just like he knew that. He knew that. I think the moment he went down, he planned it, and it's like every opportunity he got, that's the more Jimmy Butler showed up. It is just like being strategic. Like you got to do. He 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 knows. Like Tyler Hero's down. Uh, the players that are replacing Tyler Hero aren't as reliable. So he had to take things into his own hands, especially knowing that he's capable of doing it. He has the energy to do it, and he has the uh, the know how to do it. Because even when he did it, like the way he played, it didn't seem like he was working for so much. It seemed so effortless. It looked so like, bro, Jimmy is out there breathing. He's not working for shots. He's out there just 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 playing his game. You know, and uh, just to be honest, man, like, I feel like this puts them in the top three of winning in the East, and I had them not even thought of, to be honest with you. You know, but at, if he keeps at this level, it's just, I don't really see a team stopping them. Because I see, uh, cause I see uh, Boston, being be Boston being beatable, especially after the Trey Young performance, that they can be beat. I see Philly dealing with playoff Harden and Tobias Harris, you know, struggling with getting them to contribute the way they need to. Uh, and I mean, uh, what's the other team in the East? There's one more team in the East. Boston, Philly. Well, yeah, it was Boston and Philly. I feel like they're number three now. Yeah, it was the Bucks. And the Bucks, in my opinion, like their supporting cast should have been able to outplay Jimmy, in my opinion. Their supporting cast should have been able to do it. But Hey man, like you know, uh, things change. <laughs> the playoffs happen. You know, people snap into certain Jimmy. modes, and they have certain performances to where it makes a difference. And I think Nikolai Jokic should take a 
page out of Jimmy Butler's book and understand how impactful it is to have a performance like that for your team. Not just to put up so many numbers just because the opportunities were there, but to take over the game. Because people can go back to this whole Jokic game, putting up 30-plus points. That's cute. But that was just like opportunities. It wasn't him taking over the game and being a being a dog. But to resort back to Jimmy, because it's all about Jimmy, like that was a hell of a performance. That's what the playoffs are all about, in my opinion. You know, I do uh, like to uh, scold the hero play, but it's a time and place for hero play. And when you do it like Jimmy has been doing it, it's, it's wonderful. I love it. Great. Can we also give credit Keep to Eric for the fact that you lose to this team without Giannis, but then you figure that out and win again, right? It's like it's the chess match of the playoffs that you got to respect when things like this happen, right? Mm, I disagree only because it was a Jimmy Butler show. Now, any other games, I would respect that, but like this 50-plus game, I, I'm not giving a coach, folks. I'm not. I can't. I can respect them for keeping them rolling, keeping them saying, keep shooting at Jimmy, but I can't quite give it to him as a coach for that performance. Like, I'm sorry, when an individual doesn't, like, take over a game like that, I, I have to X out the coach. All that I can do is pat him on the back for saying, not taking him out <laughs> and not extinguishing the fire. But all the other games, I can respect Spolster for that. I love Spolster, but just saying that performance, Jimmy, Jimmy, like he earned it. Right, forget it, Spolster. This just that game, just that game. Like he's been, he's been coaching his ass off since LeBron left. Hats off to him, but uh, yeah, that was a Jimmy show the other night. <laughs> Big Jimmy. Pause. Pause. <laughs> all right, brother, your turn. What did you respect and not respect? Uh, thank you for the toss. I appreciate that. It doesn't happen that often. Uh, so I'm uh, going completely left field from the NBA playoffs. Um, in terms of betting, I think I'm a college betting guru. Uh, guru is a bit of a stretch, but y'all know I'd be having the college plays. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, man. What I don't respect, I had put it in a group chat earlier today, is I utterly don't respect the con the recent comments by DJ Uyangalale, uh the former quarterback for the Clemson Tigers, who just recently transferred, um, noted after getting his job taken by a freshman, and he was a fourth to fifth year senior, and he just decided to transfer at the end of this season uh, to Oregon State, I believe. Um, here is uh, DJ's comments. I didn't really like what we did. Okay, excuse me. I didn't really like what we did there scheme-wise. I thought it was very basic. It didn't help me out as a quarterback and play to my strengths. Just one more time, and then I'm going to lay the groundwork for why this com these comments are utterly disrespectful. I didn't really like what we did there scheme-wise. I thought it was very basic. It didn't help me out as a quarterback and play to my strengths. Now, DJ Uyangalele is talking about the powerhouse known to be of the Clemson Tigers, who has two heralded quarterbacks currently in the NFL starting 
That being one, our beloved Deshaun Watson, who used to play for the Houston Texans and now plays for the Cleveland Browns. And then also staying in the AFC South, who is a number one overall draft pick through that offense of Dabo Sweeney being Trevor Lawrence. This is the same basic offense that he's, this is the same offense that he's trying to criticize for being basic that got Deshaun Watson a national championship against Alabama and also got Trevor Lawrence a national championship. And even furthermore for Trevor Lawrence, that basic offense that doesn't play to DJ's strengths got Trevor Lawrence, he made Trevor Lawrence undefeated in the regular season. And in his three years in college football, he only lost in the college playoff, uh, college football playoffs with two championship appearances. So I'm just trying to understand. I'm just trying to understand how does an offense that has defeated SEC defenses to win a championship and then produce first round draft pick quarterbacks. How is that not the offense that is suitable for you? When you've been there for the past three or four years, how all of a sudden that offense is basic and it don't play to your strengths? I would question if that basic offense isn't for you, why aren't you able to flourish in if it's so basic? I would question that if that offense is um doesn't play to your strengths, how did it play to Deshaun's strengths and Trevor's strengths? Could we put in the question and say maybe you truly don't have no strengths? But what are all your strengths? <laughs> what are your strengths? Sounds like, like a personal problem if you ask me. You said a personal problem? Sound like a straight personal problem. Sound like you the problem. Like it don't sound like nothing about the cause like you have a hard time being great with great plays. Like like no, like I'm not I'm not that just sound it's not like a stubborn quarterback who never got his opportunity who kept getting like picked over. Is that fifth year? Starter. Starter. We're talking about a starter. We're not saying he's been having a share. But you and your fifth, it sounds like a bunch of jealousy at this point. It just sounds like a bunch of like, I hate waited so long. Now, like the, the, the coach is being able to like put him in and he feels like he doesn't have the opportunity to show them like what he thinks he's capable of. But it sounds like a personal problem that you didn't work hard enough to get in that position because a freshman came and took your job, right? Freshman came and took his job. Exactly. That's what it pretty much sounds like. It sounds like you suck, homeboy. Like, it sounds like you suck and you just didn't catch on because it took you five, four years to catch on. And no, you suck, bro. Can I say this? I'm sorry. This is why I put people under the Peyton Manning scope. This is why I put you under Peyton Manning scope because... That stuff, that's the essentials, bro. And people do really do not want to do that, bro. It takes way more brain power to play quarterback than it does any other position, brother. Mm -hmm. So if you really was not studying, you really was not trying to pass your test, you really was not getting your master's on your own, getting your degree on your own, right? Your skill, is, it's, it's, not gonna, it's not gonna keep you for long, bro. 
they're going to have to see that you can assess your skill and execute it properly, right? And that's going to that's gonna come from brain to mouth to action to hike to seeing to accuracy. All of it has to come together, bro. But what people want to forget is it's, it's, it's here. It's here. Most of any game that you play is here. Most of it is here. Before you do any action, before you lift your hand at all, it's right here, right? So that's what it is. It's the studying part. When I don't see that you can pick up on the defense, oh, you're not studying. Next. Next next quarterback in line. Come on. It didn't cater. Like, no, you wanted to. I think his game plan was to get there. At worst, his second season, he's starting. He, he see the coach's game plan, tries to do what the coach says. Then he comes up with some, look what I can do. But no, you didn't work hard enough. You thought it was going to be a, 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 a cakewalk. No, brother, you got to work hard. Because you're in comparison with the country, dog. Like, this ain't just Joe Snow up the block. This ain't your hood. This ain't your block you competing with like he was in high school. And maybe your city. No, this is the country you're competing with. So just like you, just like Emac said, you have Trevor Lawrence, who's a playoff quarterback. You have Deshaun Watson, who's a playoff quarterback who have been successful in that system. And for you to call it, basically call it trash, that's what you're saying. It's and he had the security mind. blanket, and he had the security blanket of a Will Shipley. Come yeah, on. You slipping, playboy. <laughs> now, you just, you, you mad because you know you're not going to make the draft. That's 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 your issue. You just, you mad, you feel like you wasted all your time. You had all these dreams and hopes of the NFL, and you felt like, no, I'm not going to be able to shine in this, in this, in this game plan. Like, at least not in his head. You didn't like, study for five go out there and years. For five years, you didn't study, and now you need somebody to blame it on. Stop the shenanigans, brother. And stop letting them shenan once, because if you let them shenan once, they're going to shenan again. And because coach is like, oh, five years? Bro, you elite. You have been watching. You watch. You actually watched Deshaun Watson probably coming in. You watched Deshaun. You watched Lawrence from the sideline and watch how he won and know it's capable from a in-person experience and no brother you have no 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 go ahead uh so i i, I misspoke but even in misspeaking i still feel like the the antithesis of the argument is still fully accurate not five years three years he spent he spent three years before deciding to transfer but that but oh, that's three years. whoa <laughs> You but still that, let a freshman come and take your job. Period. Period. You still seen Trevor Lawrence do it. You seen him do it. You experienced it. It wasn't like, oh, I don't know. Well, maybe you know, you've seen the you've seen the sauce of what it took to do it. You've seen him countless times in, in the gym. You've seen him saying, No, nah, I ain't going to this party this time. You've seen him decline so much stuff and work his ass off. And you say, You yeah, well, I'm third stream right now, so I'm just enjoying. You should have been right there with him. Instead of trying to do what you want to do. I'm not saying, you know. We know this kind of thing, but that's what it seems like. You wasted your whole college career, and you tried to, like, just, oh, well, I'm up next. Like, no, that's not how it works. Hard work, especially in a D1. Stop it, dog. Freshman said, I'm hungry. Starving. I'll take it, coach. <laughs> Give me the rock. Yeah, nah, his, uh, yeah, 2020, Trevor Lawrence was still there, uh, but his first, like, four years taking over full responsibility of the quarterback position 2021 2022 uh seasons those two years 
and now he's uh, getting ready to transfer to uh, Oregon State, um, Pac-12, I believe. So, yeah, man. Uh, hey, man, best of luck to you. Best of luck to you, straight up. Yeah, best of luck. You turned you. up. You turned up with champs. So I don't know. You ain't got no excuse, big dog. <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely be looking to see what your projections are like this upcoming season. Um, so yeah, man. But no, I didn't. I didn't respect him trying to discredit the offense that has built arguably in this in the very in the future um, Super Bowl uh, Super Bowl and or Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Like, stop it, bro. Just take responsibility and just admit, like, I probably – I wasn't ready for the moment and, like, the type of talent that we have to go up against on a weekly basis. Um, but, yeah. And Hopkins. Can't forget about Hopkins. I know he's a receiver, but Hall of Fame receiver, future receiver. True, indeed. Just saying. Yeah, Watkins. I mean, Watson. Like, Clemson has a, a lot of offensive players. Yeah, but, like I said, we off that. <laughs> Smoking that, smoking that rock, boy. <laughs> you need to pass the rock, not smoke it. <laughs> oh, no, man. We have to, we have to talk. We have to touch on it. Series is tied two two. Uh, game three is tomorrow. Um, game three. I guess I said game three. Game five is tomorrow. In Sacramento, the Warriors are going back. The Warriors come, come. They get Game Four by the hair on their skin, chin, chin. Um, coming just a missed three pointer away by Harrison Barnes to be going down three one, and then having to go back to Sacramento for Game Five. But the series is tied two two. Both teams did what they were supposed to do. They protected home court. Um, I was saying earlier this, I'm not saying whichever team wins this is going to the finals, but like that vibe and that energy in terms of the importance and the significance of winning this series and coming out of this series, it has a conference finals, NBA finals, like um, it feels like it has like those type of implications on this, on this series, even though it's just the first round. Um Sedacious, we know you, you uh, our brother Sean Hart Izzo, he, he said bring out the caskets, uh, bring the uh, funeral clothes, flower bringing and slow singing um, when the Warriors were down 0-2. But Sedacious, you, you stood firm, you didn't waver, you said, hey, we go down 0-3, then come back and holler at me, but y'all are tied 2-2. Um, what is like your take as a Warriors fan, as a Stephen Curry fan? Do you feel like, do you now respect the Sacramento Kings to be like, all right, they got some shit? Or do you feel like it's just a matter of time before the Warriors, like, just remind everybody, like, we are who we've always been and will be? I think, I, I think, sorry, I think the time to do that is game five. Um, I'm pulling for them to win game five. If they win game five, clearly it's over. Um, but if they lose game five, I feel like they could lose the series, right? And I'm just I'm just not a biased person when it comes to just the X's and O's, right? Real quick, if they lose game five, if the Warriors lose game five, can you foresee them losing on their home court in game six? Not at all. It's going to be forced to a game seven <laughs> and maybe possibly 
Sacramento can pull it out at home, right? Maybe possibly. Because I feel like I feel like you're still in danger if you let Golden State go home and tie the series up for them to play one more game, right? Because I feel like this is the game that they edge. I feel like they understand that. I feel like they go into Sacramento locked and loaded, ready to go, ready to play physical, defense, the whole nine, right? So they can come home and possibly close it out at home comfortably. You know what I'm saying? Just knowing how they know to play the game. The reason why we call it championship DNA, because if you've gone to the championship, that means you've done a lot of chess playing. You've done a lot of checkers, right, to get to where you're the last team. So I feel like they have the experience. Sacramento doesn't, and that's what's going to edge them out. Okay. Well, I guess I'll pick up the mic. Um, yeah, go ahead, brother. Yeah, man. Uh, I knew if I felt the feeling was going to happen. If it would have fell 0-3, I would have been disappointed in Golden State. Uh, definitely did choose Sacramento to win the series. But like I said, it's not, a, not out of disrespect. It's just out of like what I've seen throughout the whole season. Like they're, they're, ter- they're a terrible road team. Not to make them feel like crap about it, but they just are. And I feel like uh, Sacramento has just a lot of, I can't say the right pieces, but they have the right stuff to be able to do it. That's exactly what I'll say. Because they're not, they're not quite championship caliber, in my opinion, yet, but they're definitely a competitor, a strong competitor, a very strong competitor. Not quite, uh, what's what we're looking for, a championship caliber. But um, like I said, I feel like I see the series going – Sacramento winning game five, and I felt like they may sneak game six. And I say sneak because the fact that those last two games, they lost by like, like not the last two games, but they lost game four by one shot. I feel like that shows in their heads that it's obtainable and it can be done. So, yeah, man, I see it actually being done in six, man. Like, no disrespect to Colton State, but, yeah, they, I think they're going to get up that good old one home, home court and it's – uh, it may change. It may change the locker room up after that game. Maybe, so I look it's at going to be the headlines for the rest of the season. So I always go to the coach match, and so Mike Brown is no spring chicken. Right, he's very decorated. Right, before he even assisted for Steve Kirk, he was decorated. He was part of. He was part of the game. So I mean, that's really hard to say, man, because that's a good little matchup within itself, because. It's always good to see the adjustments that they make from game to game. And that's another reason why you really can't be calling this these series for real, because this is still the NBA. They still have to go out there and execute the scheme and the game plan. And you never know what that may look like, right? So that's why I say if they lose game five, I'm not going to be the, the dummy that doesn't know X's and O's and be like, oh, no, they still got it. Like, that's dangerous. That's dangerous. Song. That's, eh, 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 eh. Like, you don't want to be there, right? So Sound the alarm. But yet, still, they Warriors, Steph Curry, it's Clay, it's Draymond. You have to put respect on that. Shout out to Birdman. But you have to put respect on their name, bro. It's, it's the same. It's, it's, I mean, it's not the same thing. It's kind of like when I used to root for Kobe. But with Kobe, I was just definite. I was like, oh, yeah, baby, he's going to just make this three. Oh, it's 
So, I would love for the people listening to this to uh, get in the comments and share their thoughts. Um, how long or when is it time when is it time to stop giving the Grizzlies the their young excuse? When is it time to stop saying that they're too young for that to be an excuse for them not getting the job done? Right now. <laughs> right dang now. <laughs> now. Because they have they have had they they haven't been young since the bubble. Since they assembled. Well, I'm afraid that they have been young since 2021. And they've been talking like they ain't young. Because, well, you know, like, we on the block and you had them youngsters, they be talking all that crap at the same point. It's like, no, nah, you ain't no little kid no more, dog. You're talking about you running out the mouth, dog. No, no, you've been on this block for, like, last couple of years running your mouth. You know, you, you was 12 one point. Guess what? Now you're 15. You're a man now. So uh, we're going to test that chest. We're going to see what's up. They're not young no more. No, absolutely not. They are, even though they're not playing like it, they're not acting like it, they're a championship caliber team. Now, do they execute? Do they do it? It's not looking like it right now. But um, they're definitely not young. Um, and and uh, I, I stand on that 110,000% because I used to be with them. Yes, Ja, I switched. I switched for good reason. Y'all are full of crap. Y'all know how to shut the hell up. And y'all know how to just stay focused and play basketball. Stop running your mouth talking about a dynasty. A dynasty actually at least has two championships in their, under their belt, at least two. So you at least make an appearance, brother. I want to let you go, Dash, uh, not to get too wrapped up in the semantics of wording. Uh, but yeah, I've never viewed them, depending on what you categorize as a championship contender. I've never viewed them as a championship contender. Uh, I, uh, we could say one because Dylan Brooks is on that team, so that could erase them being a championship contender. But even after that, I don't think they have enough pieces in place to be able to contend for a championship on a warrior type level, a LeBron type level, a Bucks type level, a Boston Celtics type level. At their best, you're saying they're not? Like minus their personalities, minus the because their personality halftime beats them. It's it's their bullshit that their crap that beats them in the game. Like they're over exaggerating on. That's but, what I mean. Like the talent wise, true, they but, have the talent. It's just the that's that's fair, but you can't remove that because, like you say, it's their personality or whatever their 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 immaturity that gets in the way of them. Like that's all encompassing. And like trying to get to a championship, like you can't say if y'all not immature, y'all y'all gonna get to the championships. Like no, that's all that you are, all the uh, all of your makeup, all of your individual personalities that comes together, and it's either gonna be meshed well to push towards a championship, or it's gonna be clumpy and not be able to fit down the championship avenue or whatever you want to call it. Like Phil Jackson had to, he couldn't say. Or the Detroit Pistons, they couldn't say, man, if we just, like, didn't have to deal with Dennis Rodman's, like, antics, 
we can win a championship. No, they took what came with Dennis Rodman as a player, and they said, Michael, he's the leader of his team. Scotty, yeah, I need to find a way to make this work because we need him. If Dylan Brooks is that good of a defender or is supposed to have some type of, like, stake in, in helping a team win a championship, you should be able to say, all right, Dylan, we have to – let, like the Warriors, right? Like, look at how Draymond Green is all over the place. Like, he uh, he's a walking technical waiting to happen. But nonetheless, and though it's also bit Draymond Green in the ass and the Warriors in the ass at times and causing them championships, one could argue, they've still been able to use what Draymond has well enough to at least get four championships out of the antics, if you will. And so in that regard, we can't say if you take this away from the Grizzlies or if they not this, then they can say, no, it's all encompassing, all that they have to offer, all that they have to offer. With that being said, okay, well, they're not a championship team. They're not a championship team. And it's because of their immaturity and things I listed beforehand. So very like that then. I stand on that, period. Just seeing it come to fruition with a number seven seed Laker team who just got assembled. Who I feel like it's vulnerable because just because they just got assembled. Granted to LeBron and AD, but being blinded by the obvious, it's just like, bro, y'all just got together. Like, y'all, y'all been together for the last four years. Get it? Like, come on now. <laughs> Is it my turn? Yeah. Uncle Shay Shay, this for you, dog. <laughs> it was talking all this shit to you on the sideline. This for you, dog. Come on, man. How some niggas... I'm sorry that I have to use profanity. How some niggas that ain't won a BB gonna talk to a nigga with championships? Gonna come at a nigga with championships? Stop it, bro. It's karma that the Grizzlies are getting what they're getting from the Lakers right now, bro. It's funny. Because y'all remember when, when LeBron got mad, LeBron was like, nah, man, y'all always talking shit. Y'all don't make no shots. Yeah. Make some shots. And it's crazy because I'm like, so now we get to see them. Okay, let's see how this play out. I kind of already know how it's going to play out because y'all pissed him off earlier. Y'all kind of shouldn't have did that, but I'm here to see it, right? What y'all don't know is if Sacramento went out, okay, that's fine. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't have to root against Golden State, no way. Because, <laughs> nigga. I'm like, dog, I don't think Golden State is going to beat the Lakers. I don't think that. From what I've been watching, I don't think that. I'm sorry. And I know I'm talking big cash money shit about Golden State against Sacramento. But I just, I, no. Without no KD, you know what I'm saying? Y'all barely, like, chin, chin, chin with KD. And now y'all are older. And now your core is older. Ain't no equal dollar coming to save you. You may have a reincarnated equal dollar in wigs, but wigs still kind of like getting his legs up under him. And you're going you, you gonna to use him up by trying to stick him on LeBron so Steph can do whatever <laughs> he want to do. It yeah. ain't happening. Yeah. It ain't happening. He's going to get fouled up. And once he get fouled up, they're going to have to switch. And then blood in the water, bro. Blood in the water. Um. Uh, I had a I had a point something I had wanted to bring up when you was talking. That's just uh, you was talking about the Warriors. 
and the Lakers. Um, uh, the Lakers and the Grizzlies. Uh, it's it's slipping it's slipping my mind. Um, the Lakers being able to beat the the Kings. No. No. Um, I agree, sadly. Like I know I'm going for the Kings, but the Lakers are. Uh, I don't know. That'd be a nice. That should be like. Ooh. Oh, like that's what it nice was. Throwback series. So sedacious. When you are watching these games, this is my belief. Uh, I had texted in the group chat yesterday, Darnell. If Jokic loses this game tonight. But I digress and continue. Sedacious, when you're watching these when you're watching these Lakers games, I put in a group chat and I was just like, bruh, it makes no sense why LeBron like has to work so hard. Uh, Anthony Davis, you're you're not be you're not, I feel like at times on a consistent basis, living up to why people brought you here. But it's not his fault because we've already realized Anthony Davis can't be the best player on the championship team. He was brought to L.A. to be the successor to LeBron James retiring off into the sunset. If LeBron James were to retire today or tomorrow, uh, God forbid, had an injury and he was out for the rest of the playoffs, nobody would believe that the Lakers had a chance to win the championship with solely having Anthony Davis on the team, right? So uh, the uh, oldest player to have a 20 and 20 game, 20 points, 20 rebounds uh, in the playoffs, uh, surpassing who had did it, that being Tim Duncan at the time. Uh, LeBron now holds that record at 38 years old. I believe right now LeBron is in a space during this playoff stretch where it has less to do with him and everything to do with him trying to build and prop up his teammates' confidence um, as they progress deeper into the playoffs. When I'm watching these games against the Memphis Grizzlies, I don't see LeBron being, I guess, hella aggressive or assertive. I feel like he's... There's no bully ball. Right. He's putting... I feel like he's making sure the game just stays within a manageable margin, just enough for his team, for him to be able to, like, put his teammates in position to be like, you make that shot. You build your confidence. You make those back-to-back threes, um... D'Angelo, like you come off this screen and knock down this big shot, uh, Austin Rivers. Like, I feel like he's just trying to cultivate, uh, I say Rivers, excuse me, Reeves. He's trying to cultivate the, the camaraderie and the confidence of all his teammates as they're getting ready to potentially make a deep run into the playoffs, who some of these guys have never even been in the playoffs or like let alone the first round. And they have to go through the play-in to get in the playoffs so when I watch these games, I'm just like, when we talked about it, like universal LeBron law, the Grizzlies lost game one, right? When LeBron typically gives that game to you. So they lose game one. And even getting still, like LeBron hasn't, like what he did in game five, four, that was light. <laughs> like, like I, I feel like that was light, bro. I feel like the 2020 was light. I feel like the drive to the rim uh, and overtime, uh, to force overtime, I feel like that was light. Even though it was a tough shot, LeBron James to make that shot uh, a number. He probably got 10,000 worth points. 
10,000 worth of points off that single drive to the basket, like throughout his career. Um, but yeah, do you sense or feel that LeBron James right now is an autopilot and he's just trying to like put his teammates in position to like win these playoff games as opposed to it being about him? That's exactly what's happening, brother. Because he understands, I'm glad you got that Miami Heat thing on, sweater on, because all the way back from the Miami Heat days, that has taught him that it takes a team to really win that thing. Pause. So, um, LeBron know what he's doing, bro. He know that he ain't going to be able to really will them like 2018. He need them to have that confidence as well. So, yeah. It's it's not no bully ball. It's it's together, and together we will kick some ass. That's just how it is. Point blank. Period. You're right. It's different. This chess game is different. So where he used to be aggressive, now he knows he got to come at it a different way, and that's just a testament to his IQ and who he is and his greatness. Oh hell, the king. Uh, real quick, one thing I don't respect, uh, back-to-back games, John Morant and Dylan Brooks uh, elected not to speak to the media after losing. Um, can't respect that, man. Stand tall. Y'all got all the stuff in the world to say. Um, That's, right. young. That's what young guys do. Uh, they young. Go in the corner and cry. Liberated. They young and liberated. <laughs> they can do what they want. Uh, yeah, man. So I, w- I would, if I were a reporter... Two things I want to happen when the Memphis Grizzlies lose, uh, and it would be immaculate for it to happen in Memphis. Um, if I were in those press conferences, one question I would ask Ja Morant is, hey, Ja, are you still not worried about the West? Are you still good in the West, Ja? That's one question I would ask him. One and then two, a sound bite that would send shockwaves through the sports world, uh, on a scale that um Geno Smith made when he said they wrote me off, but I didn't write back. As LeBron James says, you know, the game is one within the lines, and I always believe that the biggest trash talking you can do is on the scoreboard. That's always been my personal belief. The icing on the cake for this series, if the Lakers can end it in in, uh, six, excuse me, in five or seven on the Memphis Grizzlies home court, is if after they win, and who was ever doing the press conference says the coin term by John Moran. It's a parade inside my city. Yeah. <laughs> bro, if one of the Lakers do that, bro, oh my God. I think that'll end the Memphis Grizzlies organization, bro. I promise you. You're evil, bro. You're evil. Bro, that would end. Bro, that would end the Memphis Grizzlies organization, bro. It would, dog. <laughs> it would. Yo, they go deep in the rap. You go deep, go deep in the rap. I know you say that. That's a young boy line. You know LeBron is a King Von fan, right? 
Hey, I'm saying though, like, <laughs> yo, it, I mean, all the more of his brawn, but if you just hear in like background, like when they show the clips of like LeBron walking in the locker room and everybody doing the goat noises and bad, bad, right? If you just start to hear with the Lakers, um, it's a parade inside my city while they in Memphis. Bro, that would kill the the Memphis organization, bro. I promise you it would. I promise they you. They're going to play. Uh, it's going to be a parade because they're going to play in Memphis and win it. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Nah, man. Uh, but beautiful people, that is what you call a great episode, man. Thank y'all for tuning in with us this week. Continue to stay locked in as we uh continue to see how these playoffs unfold. Um. Oh, real quick, I want to also share this thought. I am of the belief, uh, I know most people are frustrated, as I as was I, at the uh, when the news broke that Kawhi Leonard would miss game four and game five due to a knee injury, right? And the low management, I don't, I don't know if y'all remember, but I also said in a previous episode, not too long, maybe two episodes back, and I was like, man, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, Kawhi Leonard, like, did low management during the playoffs, and, like, here we are, right? Um, saying that to be funny, but I was also serious about it, and I know people question, like, his toughness, if he's, like, really invested, so on and so forth, right? The Clippers are without Paul George, and now Kawhi Leonard. This is my belief. Uh, I'm not going to reside to the side of like, you know, Kawhi Leonard, he ain't tough, yada, yada. I'm not going to reside there, though it's very tempting to. I am of the belief that Kawhi Leonard's knee is extremely, it's, 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 it is an extreme danger, career ending danger. I think Kawhi Leonard has been taking so many precautions with his health and with his knee simply to preserve his career for as long as he can. That is my belief. I think if he's been trying to go out there and give it 100 every single night, his career possibly would have ended two years ago, which is why he has the long hiatus where he doesn't play an entire season. He comes back. He doesn't play back-to-backs. He comes back. He takes random nights off, uh, you know, or whatever the case may be. Um, so yeah, man, I think Kawhi Leonard uh knee situation is uh is far is far more serious than it's been led on. It's far more serious than any of us know. And I think the precautions that he's been taking hasn't been because he has a lack of will or hunger to play the game, but it's really more so him really trying to preserve the life expectancy on his career. Um, so I just wanted to share that thought. I don't know how many people may have thought of it that way, but that's the approach that I'm taking as it relates to Kawhi Leonard and him dealing with his uh his knee, his nagging knee issues here uh throughout his career and now here in the playoffs when everybody thought he was gonna be good to go. It's like he's trying to play the long game as opposed to just playing right now. Um, but yeah, nah. Uh, make sure you go follow our brother Sean Hart Izzo, who wasn't able to rock out with us this week. At Sean Hart Izzo, follow Sedacious at I Am Sedacious. Follow our brother uh, Black Peace uh, at Black Period Peace. Make sure you follow me at Emacs Stats. 
Um, as always, we're going to take y'all listening to us and rocking out with us for granted. And we will see you beautiful people next week.